Hello. <laughs> I really like, I laugh when I get nervous and I think that's funny. I think we all have little things that we do when we're nervous and it's funny. It's funny to us because we recognize it. We realize it and we're like, there it is. Oh, look at that. That little thing that you do. There it is. <laughs> Aren't you cute? Right. And we can hear ourselves talk to ourselves. And I think we hear ourselves talk to ourselves all day long. What is that inner voice saying? <gasps> Ah, the Change with Him, Real Raw Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Picaro, and I'm so grateful to be here with you. Today is my birthday, 38, 38, 38. <laughs> to the left, to the left, to the left. Don't you guys love that song? I love singing that song. When it comes on at like a party or something, I'm like, oh my gosh, let's go dance. <laughs> and I love dancing because I can't dance, and that's the fun of it. Um, Oh my gosh, today's my birthday, and we had our 38 on 38 course today, and it was, wow, wow, Whew. it was good, it was juicy, it was a vibey thing, it was definitely a vibey thing, and I wanted to share one of the last bonus things that we talked about today, because this came up for me in a conversation with someone on my birthday, and what we see, the way that we see things, how we see things, and what it means when we see and the most beautiful thing is we get to choose and when we want to choose a healthy relationship when we want to choose a thriving relationship when we want to choose a loving relationship we get to choose we get to choose what we see and in this conversation i love conversation because it invokes contemplation we see things we see things through certain things and a lot of us see imperfections. For a lot of us, that's the first thing that we see. We see imperfections. We see the, the ways that things could be changed, the ways that things could be altered, the ways that things could be improved, the ways that things could be made better. And we see that through our eyes and through our lens. But you can take two people and you can have them look at the same thing and, and see completely different things. Same thing happens when we hear you can take two people listening to the same thing, the same podcast, the same movie, and extract different things, connect with different things, be activated by different things. You can have two people, three people, four people, five people, 20 people, a thousand people listen to the same thing, hear the same thing, see the same thing, watch the same thing, and come away with completely different stories of what they saw, of what they heard, isn't that wild? Because we're all looking and viewing and living through our own lenses. And those lenses are a filter through our own perception of our past experiences and the stories that are floating around in our mind, connecting with our internal unconscious beliefs. Oh, I only believe that I'm worthy if this happens or if I achieve this or if I accomplish this or if someone doesn't say that about me then. And that becomes what we focus on. That becomes what we hear, what we see, what we tune into. There's things that we tune out. We don't even hear. We can hear something and not even hear something. We can hear something and go, I didn't hear that. You didn't say that. Huh? What are you talking about? No, you said this. And they're like, no, I said that. And other people can be there and verify and justify it. No, this is what they said. Really? Where was I? So we can be there and not be there at the same time. And this happens all the time. And it's funny because when people like find out what I do, especially working privately with people. They're like, oh, I'm kind of afraid. Like that that rapid transformational therapy stuff, that, that hypnosis stuff, that's scary, that's mind control. No, it's not. You're doing it to yourself all the time. 
You're there, but you're not there. You hear something, but you hear something else because your mind has drifted and wandered off somewhere else. Isn't that funny? And when the same principles that our mind is already driven by, we say we can use and utilize in a way to create incredible, powerful, positive breakthrough and change, we go, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. That's not that, mm-mm, mm-mm. I'd rather stay and sit in the problem. I'm scared, I'm afraid, I'd rather not change. That's what happens. We become afraid of change because we become so accustomed to it being this way. And even though it sucks, and even though we're scared, we're like, what if it sucks more? What if it's more scary over there? I think I'll just stay right here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And really, when we do that, we're limiting the power of God. We're limiting how big he is. We're trusting. We're putting our energy, our faith, our hope. Like, I mean, it'd be nice if it changed, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And therefore, we're in the frequency of energy, lack, doubt, scared, jealous of people who don't seem to be. There's not a single successful person that I've met that I thought, oh, they've made it, quote unquote, that didn't have to go through that. What they focused on was different. What they focused on about themselves and what they saw in everyone else was vastly, vastly different. Not a little bit different, not just a tiny bit different, was vastly different. The focus, the awareness, the presence is what made the most significant difference. It was the presence, the focusing, and the aware, awareness of uniquenesses. The awareness of uniquenesses. And we all have incredibly powerful uniquenesses. Think about the ways that we're the same. We're both human. We're both born from a mother. We both came from a father, whether the father was involved or not. We both came from a man and a woman. We both grew up. We both had a childhood. We both went to school. We both eat. We both poop. We both shower. We both shave. We both brush our teeth. <laughs> we both go to sleep. We both have foods that we like and don't like. We both have the drinks that we like and we don't like. We might both have children. We might, we both have buns of birthdays. We both wear clothes. We both might have a dog. We both might live in a house or a home. We both might live in a country or a state. We both have family. We both have friends. We both have people we're no longer friends with. We both have family that we no longer talk to. We both have things that we did growing up, clubs that we were a part of, grades that we went through, homework that we had to do. We both have hair. We both have a smile. We both have nails. We both have, we both have internal organs that work without us needing to tell them to work. They just do naturally, easily, automatically, without giving it any thought. We are so similar in so many ways. It's our uniquenesses that make us different and our, our differences that make us unique. And when we see in so many ways, we are so much the same. We can have compassion for the things that you might be going through. They're the same that things that I go through, through the emotions, the energy, the feelings. But when we focus on imperfections, the things that make us different, it takes us a different direction. 
And we think, you know what? You need to change this about you to be more like that person or to be more like me because I know better and anything you can do, I can do better. And if you can do that, then I can do it better. And we get in this competition and in this game, and then we focus on others' imperfections. Really, that's a match in a mirror and an internal reflection of us focusing on our imperfections, poking fun at ourselves, saying that we're not good enough because of what's been given to us. Everything has been given to us by God. He has given it to us as a gift our differences, our uniquenesses. And it is fucking time that we celebrate them and highlight them and exemplify them. Our uniquenesses, the things that make us different from each other and one another, those are things to be celebrated, honored, highlighted, rejoiced. You think about God. The crazy thing is if we were made in his image, you think about that, the image of God, how different he is, how unique he is how out of the box he is. You think about the things that he created. I mean, if you look at the different places in the world, how many mountain ranges there are, how many waterfalls there are, how many national parks there are. I think I heard that there was on the radio on Air One, that's like the only radio station I listen to. I absolutely love it. I don't think I could ever, 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 ever get enough worship music. Like there's not enough time the day <laughs> to praise. There really isn't. But there was a 93-year-old woman and her grandson when she turned 85, committed to her because she had turned 85 and said, I've never seen a national park. And that was her wish and her hope and her dream before she died. And he said, let's do it. So from the time of 85 to 93, they just finished visiting their last national park at 93 years old. And I think there's 63 of them in the United States. If I remember that correctly, if I heard them correctly, and they visited all of them. They're all national parks, so they're all the same, right? They all have the same label, the same title. They're all the quote-unquote same, but they're all so vastly, uniquely different. Think about that. Think about that just for a moment for the creation that has been stowed just on this earth and this planet alone. And then think about how big, how vast, how massive the solar system is. This universe, I think we a lot of times use universe as a very laissez-faire, oh, you know, universe is manifesting universe and then you'll get what you want and that's the way it works. And, and then we're jealous of people who seem to be able to like manifest like that, and law of attraction that, and it's like, it didn't work for me. <laughs> okay. And they weren't making ourselves wrong for the uniquenesses that we have. We're trying to diminish them, turn the light down on them, trying to change them so they're not uniquenesses, they're samenesses trying to make ourselves the same as everyone else, trying to look a certain way, act a certain way, be a certain way. We're trying to run our business in a certain way. We're trying to have our, our relationships be the certain way, you know, perfect, polished, primed. And we lose sight of the power and the beauty and the gift that is our uniquenesses. And when we lose sight of those within ourselves, we lose sight of those within everyone else. We lose sight of God and the way he sees us. When we've accepted Jesus Christ into our life, he does not see our imperfections. So why the fuck do we see them? He hurts when we hurt. He sees what we focus on. That's why he calls us to focus on him, his love for us. Because love sees uniquenesses. Love does not put on a pedestal imperfections. Love does not highlight imperfections. It does not use imperfections against 
one another or each other or ourselves. It highlights uniquenesses. It draws them out. It pulls them out. And it says, this, this is what makes you different. This is what makes you special. This is what makes you unique. These are your uniquenesses. These are your gifts. These are your talents. These are your skills. These are your abilities. This is what makes you special, divinely beautiful, and uniquely you. And you're going to call it an imperfection, a flaw, because it's not like someone or something else in the way that you think it should be. And I can just imagine that God is like, that is perfect. That is perfectly created because I created it. It's exactly the way it's supposed to be. It's a uniqueness. It's a gift. It has a purpose. And it's you. On my bike ride this morning, I was listening to the Joel Osteen podcast, and I can't remember which one. I love all of his podcasts. I was listening to one, and he was talking about this little boy, and and I can't remember what the disease was, but he grew up, and he loved playing basketball, and he wanted to be a professional NBA player when he was older, and and when he turned 15, his dad or something, I can't remember exactly because I was totally blown away. I think his dad you know, took him to... Uh, He was playing basketball and he heard an interview or something about this little boy and what he was experiencing and then noticed the same, the same experiences that his own personal little boy was going through. And it's just a very, very rare disease. So very crazy that he heard this story and then saw these same things in his own son and went and took his son to get tested. And it was something about the valves of his heart closing down and not working properly. and, And it was just crazy, crazy rare. And it turns out his son had that same thing that he had heard about. And any kind of of elevated heart rate or high impact, high intensity exercise could be lethal and could be fatal because of the condition of his heart. And so he went in and, and he had surgery on his heart and, and thank God, and by the grace of God, everything turned out okay. And it turned out being okay, but he had to break the news to his son. Son, you're never going to be the same. You're not going to grow up and be able to move on to continuing to pursue the dreams of becoming an NBA athlete. And his son said, you know what, Dad? That's okay. I can still coach. I can still mentor. I can still be on the sideline coaching the plays in the basketball team. He didn't let his dream die because he didn't focus on the imperfections and the differences of how his heart was imperfect and how it was different from those who had a heart where it could withstand beating rapidly, increasing, and the high impact activity. He focused on his uniquenesses, that he was a conqueror, a survivor of that disease that he made it through the surgery and now he could continue on and move on and go on to lead, to lead other people in their dream. He focused on his uniquenesses and what an incredible, powerful, transformational, amazing story. And I thought, wow, that's the story. That's the power. That's the love of God being expressed in his uniqueness. It's us. It's not him who sees our imperfections or weaknesses. It's us who sees them and calls them and claims them that. He says, I call you mine. 
I call you uniquely divine. And he, that's why he calls us and draws us to him so that we see what he sees through his eyes, through the eyes of love, through the eyes of creation, through the eyes of perfection. It's us who doesn't see us as perfect, but he calls us perfect children. When we've accepted Jesus Christ into our life, he sees the perfection of Jesus. That's why Jesus came and died and rose again and lived a perfect life, lived the life that we could never live so that his father sees us through him, through his son, through Jesus. And he sees our uniquenesses. He sees our gifts, our talents. He sees the beauty inside of us. And sometimes it's hard to see it in us. And it's funny because sometimes it's so easy to see it in other people. And this can be a trap. And the enemy can use this trap when we give and give and give and give and give. And we see uniquenesses, gifts, opportunities, talents in other people. But we have such a difficult time seeing them in ourselves. And that's why it is us and ourselves who need to choose to remain close to him in his word. Follow him. Be with him. Talk to him. Be guided by him. Trust in him. Pray with him, to him, because that's where our uniqueness is. Get an opportunity to shine bright with his light. It's so divine. He didn't create you to be the same as anyone and everyone else. Yet a lot of us spend our entire lives trying to do just that. And we spend our entire lives feeling like we fall short. Because we're spending our time and our energy and our investments in things that we weren't called to do in the first place. We weren't called to be exactly like anyone else. We were called to be exactly who he created us to be. Unique. Beautiful. Ourselves. And we invite him to live within. His light gets to shine bright. And, and, and I don't know if you've ever met people who are just gung-ho, on fire, glory of God. There's something different about them. There's something unique about them. It seems like, you know, Matt, they've been through a lot of stuff, a lot of, lot of really difficult stuff, a lot of stuff that other people are like, how in the world did you make it through that? I'm going through that and I'm stuck in that. And it's realizing God created us to go through that. So that we could get close to him. I look back in all the pain of my past and in my life, all the abusive relationships, all of the trauma, all the highs, all the lows, ups, all the ups, all the downs, all the sideways, all the crookedness, all the twisty turns. And I'm like, wow, God, you did create me unique. And I feel this, this like need to apologize. I'm sorry because I, spent so long, spent so much time trying to make myself like everyone else, like everyone that I, I assumed was perfect because they had the perfect clothes and the perfect hair. They knew exactly what to wear, when to wear it, how to wear it. They didn't have to steal or lie for it. They didn't have to become a chameleon. They didn't have to just fit in to belong or get along. Those are all stories. And he tells me, Sarah, you don't have to either. I didn't create you to do that. I created you to be you and for you to express me. That's the key. The key is your unique gifts. The key is your unique talents, your specialty, that thing 
that you don't believe is good enough. And perhaps it's become it because it comes so easily, so effortless, so naturally to you. Perhaps it's just holding love for people. Are you holding that same love for yourself? Perhaps it's holding space for people, motivating, inspiring, encouraging others. Perhaps it's creating something, making something, doing something, whatever it is, you have uniquenesses. Are you highlighting them within yourself or are you just seeing them in everyone else? If you see them in everyone else, that means you have them too. And that means you have the ability to see them. Do you trust he loves you? Do you trust he loves you as much as you hope to be loved, as much as you hope that he does? Or is your answer to that, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. I hope he does. Yeah, I just don't know. A lot of times the not knowing we get really scared. And we compare. When we get scared, we compare. And I know this about Noah and what God says about Noah. Noah was chosen to save the entire human and animal race, but had a problem with alcohol and was depicted as a naked drunk. Peter, after he walked on the water, denied Jesus three times. It's 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that the Christ's power, so that Christ's power may rest on me. This is a completely backwards story from our society. We hide the ugly. We hide the mess. We focus on the imperfections. We see them in ourselves and others. We only show the beautiful and the perfect instead of the imperfect. Paul, he tortured and murdered God's people before he was transformed and called to spread the gospel. And yet out of the 66 books of the Bible, he can be contributed to writing 13 of them. David, King David, a man after God's own heart, a mighty poet and king that committed adultery, murder, and tried to orchestrate the ultimate cover-up. Then there's Moses, who was super massively insecure. He focused on his own imperfections. He had speech issues. He also committed murder. And when God called him from the burning bush, Moses was so afraid to do what God was asking, he begged him to send someone else. And when he realized that God wasn't going to do that, he begged for someone else to go with him because he was too afraid to go alone. He was focused on his imperfections. He was like, Aaron needs to go with me. I just, 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 stada. He focused on his imperfections. Solomon, who was known for being the wisest man in the Bible, building the first temple in Jerusalem, but obviously struggled with sex addiction. He had 700 wives and over 300 concubines. Imperfections, for sure. Can't keep his dick in his pants. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know anyone like that? I used to be like that. I don't have a dick, but I used to not be able to keep my legs closed. Abraham, chose to be the father of faith and many nations and struggled with lying and trusting God. Do you ever struggle with that? And yet God blessed him. Father Abraham had many sons. And I am one of them, and so were you. So let's just praise the Lord. Right arm, left arm, Father Abraham. Many sons. 
he also focused on his imperfections. Lying and trusting God. Oh, shit. I can't even tell the truth. Imperfection. <laughs> then there's Gideon. He was a fear-driven wimp hiding in a wine press to avoid being caught by the Midianites when the angel of the Lord appeared to him and called him a mighty warrior and appointed him to lead the Israelites into one of the most epic victorious battles ever written about in the Bible. And they were severely outnumbered and only used trumpets and torches to defeat the enemy. You think he focused on his imperfections? And then Esther... She focused on her imperfections. Who am I to claim that I'm lovable? She was orphaned. She wasn't even the proper nationality to be chosen as queen. But she ended up as queen and was willing to risk her entire life to save her people. You think she could have done that if she didn't start focusing on her uniquenesses? And taking the focus off of her imperfections. And then there was Rahab. I can totally relate with her. I never got paid for sex. But in other ways, she was a prostitute turned hero who lived in Jericho and protected and hid the spies by, sent by Joshua. And by doing so, redeemed not only herself, but her entire lineage. She thinks she really could have done that. She remained focused on her imperfections instead of her uniquenesses. If she was like, oh, you know, they're not going to use a slut like me. Fuck that. God uses sluts. He's using me. <laughs> he uses Rahab. He uses people who are imperfect because he doesn't see your imperfections. He sees your uniquenesses. It is time to fucking see them in yourself. You are unique. You are beautiful. You are gifted. You are talented. You have so many divine gifts inside of you. It's time to unleash them and start seeing them and start honoring him with them and start celebrating them. It is time to start seeing your uniquenesses as gifts instead of imperfections. Don't wait till tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. My mom brought me flowers over this morning for my birthday from my stepdad. I love him. He is ugh, a very good man. Very good man. He makes me feel loved all the time. And I love it because it's God's love. He shares God's beauty. He always gives me flowers. And for many, many, many years, he's the only person I've gotten flowers from. Valentine's Day, my birthday, Mother's Day. He's always showing up with gifts, with something beautiful. And he's told me that I see the gifts and beauty inside of you, Sarah. And that always makes me sad when I feel like I don't see him inside myself. And it's so easy for everyone else to see things in others. And oftentimes it feels so difficult to see those very same things in ourselves. And that's why we all need Jesus. That's why we all need a relationship with God because God tells us the truth. I created you. You are mine. You are unique. You are divine. And when we remain close to him, we can trust in him and we can believe in him. Even if we don't believe it in ourselves yet. And then over time, we begin to believe it in ourselves. We begin to see it in ourselves. We begin to trust it in ourselves. It is so powerful. When you can shift and see things the way that God sees them, see them as uniquenesses instead of imperfections. He uses all weaknesses. 
because he doesn't call him that. Those are his strengths. You are unique. You are special. You are so beautifully divine. There's nothing imperfect about you in God's eyes. And I invite you to live that inside. If you haven't let Jesus into your heart yet, I invite you to do that today. He's never, ever far. He's been right there sitting, waiting patiently for you to let him in. So I invite you to do that today. I invite you to do it right now. Say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. I've heard you knocking. I know I've been running, but I'm ready to open up the door and let you in. He loves you, friends. I love you too, and I'm praying for you. And when you're ready to take this work even deeper, I'd love to connect with you. You can always find out more at sarahpicaro.com. We've got incredible programs running all the time. And if you're ready for this deep dive, intimate, personal breakthrough work, I'd love to connect with you. Bye for now.